You're listening to the Thoroughly Good Classical Music Podcast. My name is John Jacob and this is podcast number 126, produced as it happens in Liverpool. Early adopters of this podcast series, those who were already listening pre-pandemic, may well recall this podcastee from 2019. Composer Danny Howard and I met up in Peckham's Bussy building to talk about her new opera, Robin Hood. At the time, I captured some of the rehearsal. It was the first time she'd heard her score played by an orchestra and, truth be told, I was sold on her musical language. Just over two years later, I've ended up coming to Liverpool, partly vaccinated but fully sanitised, to meet up with her prior to another premiere, that of her trombone concerto written for trombonist Peter Moore. The concerto receives its broadcast premiere on BBC Radio 3 on the 25th of June. You can watch it online in return for a modest fee for 30 days from the 29th of June via the Royal Liverpool Philharmonic Orchestra website. The concerto is trademark Howard, brimming with scintillating textures that cast an anticipatory spell over anything and everything. The second movement opens with a heartfelt call from the trombone, supported by distant lines from the brass that trick the ear into thinking you've detected an echo. Peppered throughout all three movements are harmonic slides that give Howard's uplifting work a pleasingly glossy technicolour sheen. It's music, I think, that reflects her outlook, her values and her purpose as a composer. What I'm reminded of, in a sort of in a slight, surprisingly vague way, is that when I met you in Peckham, and I heard, I think that was the first time that you were hearing the orchestra play, was it, is it called Robin, Robin Hood? Robin Hood, yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> that you were very excited about music, you were very excited about writing music, and that was reflected in the music. That seemed I mean, that was my, yeah. my memory of it. Now I come and see you again, I get the same thing. There is something <laughs> that you clearly love composing in a way that when I talk to other composers, I get that they like it, but there isn't that sort of enthusiasm. Yeah. I absolutely love it. I mean, it's not to say it's all fun and games. You know, I'm not always just you know in the creative space, but I absolutely love it. I wouldn't, I couldn't imagine being in this place at this point in my life, and I, I wouldn't wouldn't change it for anything. Um, but I, I really kind of, I feel it's so important to write positive music and joyful music. I just feel, and I've felt that for many, many years, and now it's just kind of increased. And it does, it does help you when you're when you're composing when the content is lifts you up or at least lifts me up. It does make the whole process easier. For the record, this is my first overnight press trip since visiting Yerevan in Armenia to see the World Youth Orchestra perform all sorts of joyous stuff and some music concocted by artificial intelligence. Coming to Liverpool on a train and staying in a hotel for the night is the post-pandemic, if it's not too early to say that, equivalent. Experiences in unfamiliar environments drive unexpected perspectives. They are invigorating. This is where I feel alive. Visiting and reporting on those artistic endeavours that reinforce why this art form is so important. The thrill of travel and transitory accommodation brings a sense of urgency to listening and reporting and it is brilliant fun. One word of warning however, or maybe it's an apology, I'm not entirely sure which. It's 
been such a long time since I've held my portable recording equipment in my hand that I've forgotten how sensitive it is to general handling. Either that or I've become incredibly clumsy. I'm Danny Howard and I'm a composer and we are in the Hope Street Hotel in Liverpool um, and we are, I'm about to hear the world premiere of my trombone concerto performed by Peter Moore on trombone conducted by Domingo Hindian and it is with the Royal Liverpool Philharmonic Orchestra. I mean, that all sounds really, really daunting. I, I mean, it just crossed my mind that there aren't very many pr- professions where one can say, I'm going to hear the premiere of this. Uh, is, it, is it easy? Is it comf- comfortable saying that? It's definitely more comfortable now because it's been several years of doing it, but it will never get old to have an orchestral premiere of all the things that just feel so much bigger in my mind. Uh, This is, obviously it's an important thing because it's a premiere, but also there's another reason this is important because the second time you've been on the same podcast, that's a rare thing, I should have come with a badge. Um, uh, What have you been up to in between the last time we met, please? So I can't remember when that was. I mean, I remember the day and I remember what was going on, but I have absolutely no concept when that was. That was 2019, March, um, when you came to the opera story, my first opera um, with the opera story, Robin Hood. And shortly after that, I came here to Liverpool in September 2019 to, do, to have a world premiere of a, another orchestral piece. And since then, I've mainly been working on a very large project in Barcelona, um, writing the music for an Anthony Gaudí building called Casabayo. And so I was very fortunate throughout this whole lockdown that I just got this project that was going to be six months to a year's worth of work, work and pieces of music to write just as the lockdown happened. So I basically spent the last year doing that. I went to Berlin to record the whole orchestral score with members of the Berlin Philharmonic and the Deutsche Radio Symphony and um, with Pablo Urbina, who conducted it. And that was basically my main project last year. And I've now been working on this piece for the the trombone concerto. It sounds as though the pandemic hasn't really hit you. (laughs) No, it hasn't. I mean, to be fair, I'm not used to everyone else also not having much on in some in some ways I've actually been really it's been really nice to catch up with a lot of people from home from far away because suddenly these zoom you know drinks and catch-ups have become normal um but enjoy them do you I don't but sometimes you know if I move around a lot and have friends abroad it's actually quite nice um but no it was really difficult because it was it felt I felt such a weight of what was going on around the world and yet I tried to, you know, it made you question, you know, I'm not helping, I'm, I'm just writing music, you know, what's my place in all this? Um, but actually, in many ways, it kind of fueled me to write even more kind of positive and joyful music because I knew that's what I felt people would need when we come out of this. Uh, that's very interesting. I had a, now I'm going to sound like a massive name dropper, but I think I'm allowed to do that. Uh, I did an interview with Howard Goodall for the Spitalfields Festival, and he talked about how he'd written an article because he didn't really know what the point of him was, given that his both his daughters were key workers, one of which was a scientist, yes. <laughs> an epidemiologist. <laughs> and he suddenly sat at home thinking, what am I for? I, d- I don't see the point. Whereas actually what, what you're saying is that you had an impetus, you anticipated a, a need and you're writing to, a, to an anticipated need. Absolutely. It was that I knew the one thing that we all 
weren't allowed to have was that social and the cultural life that so many people enjoy doing and being out with human connection um, and artistic connection. And I just thought people are going to be desperate to do everything, try new things. And I do really hope it sparks a kind of new wave of people, new people being introduced to classical music as well. Um, you told me beforehand, I think it's acceptable for me to flag this, you are clearly concert ready, you are looking fantastic, uh, because apparently you have a moment on stage where you have to bow, and you express some anxiety about doing that. This surprises me, because the last time I saw you was actually a very big picture of you in PRS music. You are plastered all over the wall, it's a, and that, what that says is... To me, uh, we are really proud of Danny Allen. Um, are you comfortable with that? I find it a bit odd. I mean, at the time, I actually desperately needed new headshots, and they'd said, we'll send someone to your house to take some shots, and you can have the photos. And I kind of thought, yes, please. Um, so, so in that sense, I haven't been to the offices since they've been up. I think if I were to be there, I'd feel very uncomfortable <laughs> seeing me on that you know, size. Um, it's a picture of you at your composing desk, I think. Yes with great hair, backlit. I mean, it is a fantastic picture. They did an amazing job. I was living in a tiny, terrible, horrible-looking you know, one-bed flat in West London. Oh, it looked really groovy. They made it look beautiful. I mean, oh. they, that was all what the room was, though. Where it ends is another wall. It's, it's tiny, but hey, they did the beautiful photos. They did. <laughs> uh, so this is a rock thing, but I'm going to ask you, because I have to. Uh, tell, me, uh, tell me about the concerto. How did you come about writing it? What was the impetus? Where did you start? So, in terms of the actual commission itself, I had it was all timing, really, and I had a meeting with um, Peter Moore, who basically we wanted to collaborate on something, and it was going to be a solo piece or something small. And I said, you know what, I'd, I'd love to write a trombone concerto. And he said, well, that would be the dream, obviously, you know, and, but it wasn't, we weren't thinking at that, at that point. And then shortly after, I came to Liverpool, and they told me here, you know, we'd love to do something again with you. Um, let us know if you have ideas. And I was like, well, a trombone concerto is quite on my list. And they went, yep. But they said yes right away. And it was amazing. Um, and basically, the piece itself, it's been postponed twice, but only a month at a time. So it wasn't drastically, you know, postponed. Let's hope it. it's good then. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> but um, the piece is in three movements. The first is called Realization. The second is called Rumination. And the third is called Illumination. And I kind of... I did not want to write a piece about, you know, COVID and the pandemic and something drastic like that. That was I was very much not wanting to do that. However, being through the pandemic, I kind of realised all these all these people who usually go unnoticed and how they ended up shining. And I really kind of took that as the basis of the piece. So you're going about your daily life, you're pretty ordinary. It's a very casual as the first, you know, performance marking, um, and the trombone. It says as if you weren't aware of what's going on around you. It's very casual. Um, and then you kind of realize, hang on a minute, I am something important. I have got something here to offer. And it's, it's kind of an exploration of that. And the second movement's a very slow movement um, with a bit of a surprise in that the strings only come in at the very end. <laughs> it's nearly tacit strings. Um, and it's a big brass feature and it kind of goes in cycles and it's about ruminating on the thought of, you know, why we're here and what... what we, what we're meant to be doing, a bit like how I was feeling, and then the third movement is basically five minutes of just bam, energy, confidence, coming into your own and, and kind of 
enjoying being in the spotlight and his role functions a bit like that throughout the, as the piece goes on. This is a terribly rude thing to do, but I just need to find out what that thing is because I think that means sure. no. No, it doesn't. That's okay. So I'll explain, I'll explain why. My partner is waiting for a job interview result and he said that he would text me just no if he got it. And frankly, I, technically, I should have just gone, I'll look at that after the interview, but I had to look and it wasn't him. So no, somebody else. So we can continue. Um, what I'm reminded of in a, sort of in a surprisingly vague way is that when I met you in Peckham, and I, heard, I think that was the first time that you were hearing the orchestra play. Was it? Is it called Robin, Robin Hood? Robin Hood. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> that you were very excited about music. You were very excited about writing music, and that was reflected in the music. That seemed. I mean, that was my yeah. my memory of it. Now I come and see you again. I get the same thing. There is something <laughs> that you clearly love composing in a way that when I talk to other composers, I get that they like it but there isn't that sort of enthusiasm. Yeah. I absolutely love it. I mean, it's not to say it's all fun and games, you know, I'm not always just, you know, in the creative space, but I absolutely love it. I wouldn't, I couldn't imagine being in this place at this point in my life and I, I wouldn't, wouldn't change it for anything. Um, but I, I really kind of, I feel it's so important to write positive music and joyful music. I just feel, and I've felt that for many, many years and now it's just kind of increased and it does, it does help you when you're when you're composing when the content is lifts you up or at least lifts me up it does make the whole process easier but that's not to say that there's a quote um i think it's a burn style from someone um i i don't like composing i love having composed (laughs) 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 i I do sometimes when i'm stuck um and it's really dire and i just i'm really stuck I sometimes kind of just wish I could fast forward and be done. Um, what do you do in those situations then? So you just step away, do you do something else? What, what does Danny Howard do when she's stuck? I basically, I do um, pause for the rest of the day, depends on where my deadline is. Um, but I basically, as I tell um, people in, in workshops I've given, I don't actually believe in creative, like, complete writer's block. I think you just have to work through it. You have to, you have to analyse what you've done, see, play through it, and eventually... Um, you will come up with something new. It just might be frustrating, and you just have to make sure you start your commissions with enough time that it's not crazy with the deadline. Um, but, yeah, you just have to figure it out. And when it's your job and it's what you do full-time, you have no choice. <laughs> <laughs> you make it sound like punishment. This is punishment. Um, where does that positive mindset come from? I don't know. You do realise that is... <laughs> A very positive mindset. That's why I'm looking at you slightly cynically, like, really? I, I genuinely think um, everyone should be as positive as they can be. I am a very positive person. I always like trying to remind myself how lucky I am. And, so you gratitude. Know, you, exactly. Yeah, okay. Exactly. And when you realise that, how lucky you are, um, it kind of makes you more positive and more... I don't know. I, that's how I believe. And I had a wonderful family, a loving family, and you know they probably instilled some of that. <laughs> I, I, I'm envious uh, because I don't, I don't, uh, I have to work hard about maintain. Not that this is about me, but I, I have to work hard to maintain a positive outlook. And I notice that when my energy levels are low, positivity does rather go out of the window. So the fact that that is something that you sort of hold as a you know, as a thing that is just a thick, like having blonde hair, uh, it's it's kind of 
it's wonderful and also weird. I'll tell you the secret for me is exercise. Uh oh. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, honestly, no, no, no. Oh, you're not honestly. a runner, are you? No, I hate running. Great. Hate running. What's um, your chosen form of exercise? Well, I used to play basketball professionally, uh, actually, just for one year. Um, but I don't play. I haven't played it in ten ten years plus. I love it, but it's not very common in the UK or popular I can't there's not a team that I can join um, you know a casual team but I, I do the kind of homework workouts the classic kind of hit things but for me doing that in the morning you then you know feel strong so aerobics um, you do aerobics in the morning on your own not aerobics no like just just so much worse than, no just general um hit things i now have um my brother is my personal trainer now on, on zoom which is really since the lockdown which has been amazing so yeah it's wow. it's good I really couldn't imagine my sister acting as a personal trainer for me. I think it would see a breakdown in our relationship. No, he's brilliant, but he's seven years younger than me, and you know, so um, it's, it works really well, and he's fab. So, uh, so any other form of exercise? Do you cycle? Cycle? Yeah. No, uh, no. Wow. Or run? No. Do you never get angry? Very much so. <laughs> I like. Very the- much so. You never get angry, <laughs> or you- <laughs> of course I do, and that's what I do like. I do like the boxing workouts because <laughs> no. really wasn't expecting you to say that, and I feel as though the interview is slowly or, or rather rapidly coming to an end. Um, is there anything else that you want to tell me about that I haven't asked you? Well, it depends when your podcast is coming out. It may go out tonight. Ah, okay, in which case there's a secret announcement. No, there will be an announcement of another commission I have next year that I'm very excited about. Well, the announcement is next year, or it's No, the announcement is on the 29th of June. Um, But with this piece, there will be a radio broadcast on the 25th at 7.30 on BBC Radio 3 of this concert tonight, and the streamed concert will be available. It's ticketed. Um, from the 29th of June for 30 days on the Liverpool. Wow, you are banging out all the key messages, aren't you? It's yes. like someone's briefed you. <laughs> I really, no, I, I, I'd really love people to hear it. I think the trombone is so underrated as an instrument and I, Pete, Peter Moore is so exquisite that you know everyone needs to hear. What, what do you love about writing for the trombone then? Well, I loved how surprised I got during the process because it... He kept showing me that he could do more and faster and, and you know, louder, everything. And it just, I don't know, it's an instrument that sings when, when it's played well. And he, he sings through his trombone, and it's really incredible. Did you write for him or for the instrument? For him. Wow. Yeah. There was one passage where, you know, I said, are you going to need to breathe in this? And he said, <laughs> no, he said, he said, I won't, but I think others might. <laughs> And I was like, okay, I'll, you know, I'll leave it. So I, I think it, it definitely is for him. He told me what he liked, um, what he, he, some of his ideas about what a concerto for him would be, and it's the first concerto written for him. He's played a lot, but this is the first one for him. And so I really did want to take that into account so that he hopefully loves it and wants to keep playing it in all the places he goes and plays.